This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is TalkSport Daily. Hi there, I'm Adrian Durham. You're listening to TalkSport. It's time to take a look back at an incredible day eight of Qatar 2022 on World Cup Daily. Victory here today, so very important for this Japanese side. But it gets the shot away, and Gonda can do nothing about it, and the Costa Ricans pile onto the pitch. And what a win for Costa Rica. And they've blown this group absolutely wide open in the World Cup. Ziyech pulls it back, it's 2-0! Oh my goodness, they've done it! Zachariah Bukel! Joyous scenes as the Africans seal all three points. And just like earlier, this group of the World Cup has been blown wide open. Belgium's first World Cup group stage defeat since they lost to Saudi Arabia in 1994 in the USA. Can Croatia get their veterans to use their experience to get them over the line once again? Or will Canada make history? And it's Orsic who has cleaned through and he plays it square and it's lofted high into the net by Lovro Meyer. And Croatia have their fourth goal. Builders the Group E title decider is now all but an eliminator. Good ball into the near post, fired into the roof of the net. Spain take the lead, it's Morata. Staring down the barrel of a third successive World Cup defeat for the first time in their history as either Germany or West Germany. Leroy Sane slipping inside the penalty area. It's full crook, it's 1-1! There's the lifeline, D-Man needed. So today's results in Group F saw Morocco stun Belgium 2-0 and Croatia come from behind to beat Canada 4-1. And in Group E, Costa Rica beat Japan and here at Albate, Germany have a lifeline after a late equaliser against Spain. The match finished 1-1 live on Talk Sport. Stuart Pearce and Jim Proudfoot were on commentary. And all you've got to do is look at Group E just to realise how crazy it is. All four teams can still go through. I mean, it's just phenomenal, the group. Spain are top on six, Japan on three, Costa Rica on three, Germany on one. When we fully expected, Stuart, Spain and Germany to be top two and running away with it. Yeah, we certainly did. As I say, it just takes one slip in groups. You've got three matches. If you get one wrong, you're on the back foot, especially if it's the first game. And uh, Germany have certainly found that out early in this tournament. I could tell, uh, I could ask Jim Proudfoot to go through all the maths again if I was being really cruel. I mean, we could go through the bottom lines of Group E because there are some basics there, one of which, the main one, 
is that Germany have to win their final game here at Albate Stadium against Costa Rica on Thursday evening. Absolutely. All four sides can go through. Everyone apart from Germany can still win the group. Germany can only qualify if they beat Costa Rica. That's the bottom line. Everything else is academic. They've got to beat Costa Rica. If they do, then you have a look and see what happens in the Spain-Japan game. Now, if Spain win that, then Germany go through and Spain are through with them as the group winners. If the game is drawn, that Spain-Japan game is drawn, then Germany will go through providing they've scored more goals than Japan have. That's... Uh, basically as simplistic as you can make it. Spain have got a massive margin for error. They win the group if they win the final game against Japan. They also finish top if they draw and Costa Rica don't beat Germany. They would only go out if they lost and Costa Rica win or if Germany win and there's a ridiculous swing in goals. But basically Spain have got a huge margin for error. Germany have got a very small margin for error. And Germany know they're out unless they win. And even if they do win, the other result could go against them. And that's academic then. That's what you said earlier, isn't it, Stuart? He'd worked it all out. Um, just on this game tonight, 1-1. Spain led Germany equalise. Spain were there. They were through. They let it slip just a little bit. And there's weaknesses with both Spain and Germany, isn't there? I think so. There's also some good things to see from both teams, I must say that they won't be easy, whoever they come up against, that they'll give everyone a good game. At this moment, what I'm seeing, I'm not seeing a winner um, of a World Cup amongst the pair of them. There's some terrific players for Spain, some terrific youngsters. It's about getting that balance right. They seem vulnerable at set pieces, which is where Germany seems strong. Well, they were holding their line, and uh, certain teams do that in the Premier League. The odd team do it, and... It's not as easy to break that line and stay on side as you think. Players get a, a bit itchy, but if you think that Spain are going to do that and you've got wide free kicks, you've got to make sure you time your runs correctly. If you do, you have composure the other side and maybe not snatch at a finish, take a touch, then score. You've seen Germany tonight. You saw the highlights of the Germany game against Japan where they were much better in the first half. Mm. You've seen both the Spanish matches. If you were an international manager and you were going to face Spain or Germany later in the tournament, which would you rather play against? I think Germany have got the capacity to get better. I think Spain are Spain. That would be... So I would take Spain. So they've got bad habits they can't get out of, that they, that, that are ingrained in them, that, that you feel that a blueprint has been set up everyone knows how to beat them it's just a question of whether they can I think there there are goals there against them I think they play in a set way which is their main strength and I mentioned to you in uh, in the last game and this game as well they're very set in their structure they don't drive their full backs forward they don't get overloads in that respect there's nine players on the pitch that are set in sort of a set formation there's two young kids that, that can move around the pitch within that formation. That's how I see it. And, and they're the two that can cause you a problem with the overloads getting forward. But in the main, there's nine that are pretty structured. You've got Bushgets you can spin off of and get off of. And he's not got recovery run. Very good at dealing with the ball and playing the ball. And he's the conduit that gets them started. But you can knock them off their stride, as the Germans showed tonight with their press. They even, just to reiterate your point, Stuart... 
warm-up information as well, which suggests they're never going to change. No, why should they? They're successful in that. They're top of the group, you know? Why should you? That's the way the Spanish teams play the game. They they keep possession, they play from the back, they, they play a brilliant brand of football, make no mistake about that. They warm up in the same fashion. If you're unsure which way Spain are going to play, just watch the warm-up. <laughs> they're all in the same positions, they play to a finish in the possession, and you know exactly what every player and their position is going to be when the game starts. Some managers are a bit more guarded and they don't like to show anything in the warm-up. Spain are quite happy to say, this is what we do and we're going to try and knock you over doing it. Uh, Morata with the uh, goal for Spain after he came on. A word about Fulcrook, who's uh, smashed in the equaliser after he came on as sub for Thomas Muller, who was ineffective. Come to international football late in his career, 29 years old, 30 in February. Had all sorts of injury problems, four knee operations. And you look at that and you think... The message is just never give up. It's a great story. It's a great story, but it also let, let me take you back to a time long, long ago, Aid, right? When, when we spoke pre-World Cup and we talked about England and we talked about the starting 11 for England. And what did I say then? It doesn't matter what the starting 11 is. It matters that you get your substitutes right and they have impact. Two substitutes have scored tonight. No one else could. All the starters couldn't score. Two subs have come on. You can got so many subs that you can bring onto the pitch that they're the ones really when other players get tired can really really influence the game. And I think that's a brilliant message to set. It'll be interesting to see in this World Cup how many actual uh, subs come on and deliver and score goals and change games. But you're right, what you said. I think he come on and really imposed himself on the game physically. He helped with the press and he gave them a lift. And his finish was. Not easy, by the way. He absolutely unloaded one from a tight angle that the goalkeeper didn't even sniff. Yeah, it uh, buried itself in the back of the net. So we're going to call them finishers, like they do in Rugby Union? Definitely. Yeah, They are. They're really, really important to the game. And we've got tied up for for probably over 100 years about the, the starting line-up. I, I think those days are probably finished now, Wade. I really do. It's, it's all about impact subs. When you've got five of them, it's half a team. Yep, German Kiefer Moore, we're calling him. That kind of player. Uh, but what a finish from him. Uh, before we talk about Belgium's loss to Morocco earlier today, let's hear from the Red Devils manager, Roberto Martinez, who said his side simply did not defend well today. The free kicks are probably the hardest delivery that you're going to get, that in-swing delivery into the box. You rely a lot on that first header. The moment that that ball bounces in the box, it's very, very difficult. Even a defender can put it in, you need to be fortunate that the delivery is not on point you have to say that the delivery was on point and unfortunately the second one we can get that first contact and when the ball misses the first area of the contact the keeper is in a uh, in a very very difficult position those things those things happen it's a golden generation for Belgium, Stuart Pearce. They've been second in the world seemingly forever, um, yet at tournaments. And let's remember, they're not out of the World Cup yet. They won the first game, but they lost to Morocco. It does make you wonder, and Kevin De Bruyne coming into this, I think he said something like, you know, they're too old to win it, whether it was mind games and he was trying to, you know, provoke a reaction from him and his teammates, I don't know. But it hasn't worked today. And they, they looked, I thought they looked poor today, Belgium. Yeah, they've not overly impressed me, certainly not at the big tournaments. I always look and say, have they had a culture of winning things at the younger age groups, like most of the teams that have been European champions, world champions, Spain, France, Germany, they've all had a culture of winning things. Belgium haven't. 
None of the age group teams have won things. Yes, they've got world-class stars in their ranks, and they have for the, probably the last decade, you know, in De Bruyne and Aldevaro, Vertonghen, and all of those individuals that are probably won things at their club. But collectively in a Belgium shirt, there's not winners' medals amongst them. You know I'm an emotional England fan, and England have been winning stuff at junior level. Are you trying to get me excited about that? That was what I'm leading you down. So right. you, you've gone down that path without me even <laughs> leading you there anymore. You know which way the path goes. Uh, we'll talk about England in just a moment, and we'll hear from Jack Grealish. You're listening to the Talk Sport World Cup Daily Podcast. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Early signs that Germany are looking pretty fragile. Good ball into the near post. Fired into the roof of the net. Spain take the lead. It's Morata. Leroy Sane slipping inside the penalty area. It's full crock. It's 1-1. Rising drive into the roof of the net. It's been coming throughout this second half. There's the lifeline. Diemannschaft needed. If they win their next game, they have won the group. And Germany, if they win their next game, will be going through. This has finished. Germany won, Spain won. You're listening to World Cup Daily on TalkSport a bit earlier. In Group E, we had Spain and Germany draw 1-1 after a pulsating second half. Both the goals from substitutes, and we have some substitute stats at this World Cup, Jim Proudfoot. Uh, I'd like to take credit for this, but uh, I haven't sat and worked it out during the ad break. We've got fantastic statistical support uh, at this competition, and uh, the stats have been provided for us. So there have been 67 goals at this tournament so far. 17 of them, including the two tonight, have been scored by subs. So that's a quarter, just over a quarter of all the goals at the tournament have been scored by substitutes. Just to put that in perspective, in the last World Cup, in the total of the last World Cup, 
Well, there were way over 100 goals. Only 15 of them were scored by subs. So we've already seen more goals from substitutes and guys off the bench this time around than we did in the last World Cup. And that just reiterates the point that you were making about it's not an 11-man game anymore. It is a 16-man game, a 26-man game. I know there were probably more subs now than there were then. Would that be correct? Three, yeah, there are five, yeah, there are five rather than three, but, so, even, but even so. Even in relation to that, there is no doubt that the impact from the bench is so, so critical now. And if you're not picked in that starting eleven, I think there's almost more onus on you to be that player to come on and influence the game, whether it be shutting it up or as those stats bear it out, to go and get a goal for your team. Right, let's check in with the England camp after the three Lions could only manage a goalless draw against the USA. They got the boos and blues from some of their own fans. England striker Marcus Rashford has spoken ahead of the Wales clash on Tuesday and told supporters that the booing after the performance was not necessary. Listen, it's, it's not a nice feeling, but to be honest, we don't need fans to boo us to, for us to know that we've not played as well as we could have. You know, I feel like it's a feeling that, that was mutual amongst the group that we could have done better. And you know, it's not just the the players that have, that start the game. It's the it's the full group. You know, we we train. You know, for four days leading up to the game, it's all of us. You you do sometimes question would you have changed things in the build up to the game? But that's that's natural. You know, as players, we wanna we wanna win as many games as we can. So when you don't win, you know, it's it's disappointing. But you know, like I said earlier, it's it's not. We can't be so negative about it. You know, we're in a good position in the group and. You know, we just need to go and look to, to win the next game. Listen, nobody enjoyed that performance from England. We all want to win the game as well. It didn't happen at the top of the group, four points from six games. Meantime, Belgium won their first game unconvincingly, lost their second game convincingly. And there's been riots in Brussels with police having to use tear gas and water cannons to uh, stop the rioters. So, Stuart Pearce, this is, this is what I call managing the group. And, yeah, you might not like the performance from England against... And you might not like the result against the USA... But managing the group at a tournament is everything, isn't it? It certainly is. And, and that's why, you know, with Gareth and his staff, have got a wealth of experience in regard to this. You know, Gareth's words after a 6-2 victory that we were all very excited by and, and very pleased with was expectation. He managed, managed expectation after that with his words about de- defending and, and shipping cheap goals. Against the US, we kept a clean sheet, which was a real bonus, having let in two uh, a few days before that. But you've got to have a, a, a relaxed tilt on it. And I think him and his squad have. I think they've got a good togetherness there. They'll stick together through hell or high water. They, they've supported Maguire. They've supported various other players that have took a little bit of flack. And from the outside, you look at it and you think, well done to you. you. You've got a real solid collectiveness and you've got a manager that walks out and takes everything on the chin and still comes out and answers all of our questions as honestly as he can. You want relaxed? Then we give you Jack Grealish. Talk Sports England correspondent Faye Carruthers has caught up with Jack and he gave a pretty measured reaction to that nil-nil draw. We're in a strong position, obviously top of the group and you know it's all in our hands going into the final game. I was just saying then in in another interview it just it, it's weird sometimes you know playing for for the national team because you know you have one result like that um and it's as if it's the end of the world when you know it's clearly not you know we played against the team the other the other night I felt like it, a lot of it was about us you know our like England with this England with that but at the end of the day they played very well you know there was a team that had a lot of energy very athletic in in all the positions and you know I think we had to give them credit for the way that they played um, you know, they changed their tactics up. 
the way they pressed and stuff um, from the first game. But obviously, we knew, you know, that we can that we can play better, and we'll, we'll certainly be looking to do that, you know, going into the going into the next game. Yeah, do you feel as if it was a bit of an overreaction? There was obviously a lot of clamouring to to see Phil Foden. You know what that's like. You know, the Euros last year, it's like get Jack Grealish on the pitch. It's now the same with Phil. Yeah, yeah, I think there was a massive. Not, I'm not on about the Phil thing, but I'm on about just in general. Just like I think there was a big overreaction. Like you know, I think we're still. I don't know. Apart from Spain, are we the the, the top scorers or something in the tournament? Maybe. I can't think off the top of my head if there's anyone that scored more than six. But yeah, the other day against Iran, you know, we were the best thing since sliced bread. You know, scoring six goals and then, and then we go a game, you know, with, without scoring. And I think yeah, there was a bit of an overreaction. But I suppose that's what you get sometimes, you know, playing for England. Um, and yeah, with the Phil thing, obviously we all know how good Phil is. But you know, there's a there's a lot of um, there's a lot of players in them forward positions. You know, that all bring different stuff, different you know attributes. And I'm sure you know Phil Phil will obviously get his chance. You know, hopefully he does. You know, he's been training well and stuff. So um, yeah, it's that obviously up to the manager. But he does have a lot of uh, options in them in them attacking positions. Jack Grealish there, and when Jackie met Gabby Grealish and his friend and former teammate Gabby Agbon Lahore. TalkSport star together this afternoon at the England camp. Some great content with those two on TalkSport's Facebook and YouTube channels and on Twitter at TalkSport. England's opponents Tuesday are Wales, who need snookers basically. Star players Gareth Bale and Aaron Ramsey have been criticised for their displays so far here in Qatar, but keeper Danny Ward has defended both his teammates ahead of the England game. They've been incredible for us, but people forget the other, the other eight, nine lads who were on the pitch at the time who... It's not just this group, but the group before as well. Sort of the unsung heroes who have who have laid the platform for those two superstars to go and win us games. You know, majority of the time, we all know that it wasn't just them two. And it was all of us as a, as a group, as a staff. We weren't at a level where we what we've set in recent times, and we know that we're we're much better than that as a as a group in general. So, I think it'd be unfair to to pinpoint it on a couple of players. So we we all got to take responsibility for that. Whether you were starting the game off the bench, where you weren't in the squad, whoever you know, that's that's the mantra we've had for years now. Is that together stronger, and you know, now's the time to really prove that. Yeah, it is, and a reaction is needed, and uh, they can galvanise themselves for that reaction. England need to react as well, Stuart Pearce. So can Wales do it? Do they have what it takes to pull off a football miracle Tuesday? Well, it would be a football miracle. It would be one of the biggest stories ever in World Cup history, I think. The one thing they do know, and the one thing the squad, Wales, will be focused on, and I had Dino say it earlier, they want to come back from this World Cup at whatever given time with the nation to be proud of them, and they know exactly what the pathway is in front of them. They've got to come out the traps from the first minute and go after England. There's no point sitting back in many ways. They're going to have to go after England because they need goals and they need a victory. And just one final point on uh, Brazil, who play tomorrow. I'll be at Stadium 974 for Brazil versus Switzerland in Group G. Whoever wins is through. No Neymar for Brazil. And the uh, Brazil coach has come out and said that the persistent fouling of Neymar has to stop. He said, if you want to celebrate football, we have to stop fouls. Neymar fouled nine times in the win over Serbia, more than any other player in a game so far at this World Cup. He was kicked off the park in the 2014 World Cup in Brazil. Colombians literally broke his back. They fractured his vertebrae in the quarter-final. Has the Brazil coach got a point? I think the modern-day rules are designed that way, Aid. You know, we've changed the game to protect the more talented players within the game. I think at a cost on occasion, I really do. I think some really good challenges and fair challenges are being pulled up by referees that that are not fouls. I, I don't see it, but listen... 
we want the game to be free-flowing. We don't want players going down injured. We don't want players mimicking free kicks, any of that nature. I would like a free-flowing game that, that, that sort of protected the more talented players. Yes, I would. Stuart, thanks very much. One o'clock, we focus on Group H. South Korea, Ghana will both be going for the first win of the tournament. That's on TalkSport. Four o'clock, I'm back at Stadium at 9.74 for Brazil versus Switzerland. Group G, whoever wins, is through. No Neymar for Brazil. That's on TalkSport as well. Before those two, 10 o'clock, Cameroon, Serbia in Group G. Both sides lost their opening games. That's on TalkSport 2. And then the last one in the evening, Portugal, Uruguay, a win for Portugal. They're through from World Cup Group H on TalkSport, that one. Thanks to Stuart and Jim. Uh, Stuart Pierce, former England defender, part of our World Cup coverage on TalkSport. And don't forget the TalkSport World Cup daily podcast is available to download on the TalkSport app or wherever you get your podcasts from. It will be there every morning throughout the tournament in Qatar. That was a podcast from TalkSport. 